The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're in the midst of a series titled Agents of Transformation, and I've been interviewing different guests during this series seeking to get insight and inspiration and knowledge from people who are making a positive difference in the world. So today we have another special guest. Today we have on the show the co-minister of the unity of tucson and president of the international new thought alliance the reverend larry swartz how you doing there reverend swartz oh i'm fine i'm fine always am um i'm happy with larry if that's okay with you that is absolutely great you know we'll we'll talk like we normally talk (laughs) so all right so before we get started, for maybe a few people that I, that listen to my show might not know about your background, could you give a little bit of your background before we start talking about the topic of new thought and some issues in, in new thought, how we can grow and expand it? You know, of a little course. bit of your bio. Of course. Of course. As difficult as it is to talk about myself, I'll try. All uh, right. Okay. Um, I I was born into a unity family. Um and uh, that was in the state of Washington years ago. And um, I remember sitting with my parents in a, in, a, in a church setting in a hotel room in Wenatchee. And, and uh, from that point onward, uh, uh, continued within the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the Youth of Unity up there. Um, Max Lafser was one of my YOU friends. Uh, Max Lafser, another Unity minister. Um, and uh, so then um, moved to uh, eventually to Spokane and from Spokane um, moved to Santa Cruz with my parents and sometime after Air Force and after um, 
uh, college. Um, felt that nudge within me that I knew was always there. And that is that someday I would be um, within the unity ministry. And when I felt that nudge, I made a, um, a call, a contact with James Dillard Freeman, who was the um, a person who was in charge of the ministerial training program at that point in time. And Jim said, come back for an interview. I hopped on a Greyhound bus at some point that summer and rode back, uh, had an interview, was accepted, um, came back, uh, made my preparations in Santa Cruz to leave, and uh, drove out to the village and uh, was there in, uh, what was it, October of 62. Uh, and uh, they put me to work in Silent Unity for practically a year before the next class started. So um, I was there uh, starting the class in 1963 in the fall. Um, I met my wife, Mary Ellen, um, and we got married uh, in May of 63. So not that long after I got back to the village, and uh, she, bless her heart, has put up with me all the years. And uh, we are the co-ministers here now at Unity of Tucson. When we finished school, uh, oh, let me just talk a little bit briefly, if I may, about about the concept, the unity idea, the new thought idea of, of, of divine order, because uh, because I see that thread throughout uh, one of the things that I'm thinking about right now and that is we our program started for a two-year program and that's what it was back then and two months before we were scheduled to graduate they came to us and they said you know we're adding a third year to you guys wow that uh, that did not go over all that all that well initially um, and so we sort of bargained with them a little bit and we said fine. Then, or normally we went. We would have gone out as licensed Unity ministers to be ordained a year or so later. And we said, okay, if the third year is important, then ordain us as we leave. And they agreed, and they did. And but what the divine order thing is, and that is that this final year of my uh, of my of my ministerial training program, we uh, had that whole year with George Lamza. Uh, the translator of you know who the the Lambs of Bible, and so every day we had a meeting, we had a time very casual and very structured, depending with George, and that has been invaluable over the years. Uh, and also, had that other year not happened, Tucson would not have been available. So wow. you know, it's a yeah. beautiful divine yeah. order at work. So we were here, we came, there was an existing ministry here, uh, not too large at that point. It had been incorporated 10 years before we came here in 1966. Uh, and uh, we're in uh, the third location right now that we first came to. We built the second and we built the third one. And we're now on 18 acres in the lower foothills of, uh, of the beautiful city of Tucson. And uh, Tucson has been very good to us, and we've we've enjoyed it. Fairly recently, uh, I was asked if I could step in and do the presidency of the International New Thought Alliance. Years ago, I was a president of the Association of Unity Churches as well. 
But so, sure, stepping in, Blaine Mays, good friend uh, here in Arizona uh, over the years. Um, and before that, uh, a member of the INTA um, going way back perhaps to somewhere in the 1970s-ish. And uh, that brings us up to this point in time, uh, I believe, uh, Galen. All right, beautiful. So um, in the midst of all of those things, I guess I need to ask you a, uh, a question that I wasn't prepared to ask you, but since you've been in unity, you were born in unity, you were in unity in, 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 in the era that um, Reverend Johnny Coleman, the founder of CUT, was in a uh, unity minister. Did you ever have any interactions with her, it, you know, at the village or in the midst of ministry? Oh, yes. Yes, she came to Tucson to speak for us. Oh, yes. Okay. Definitely, definitely I did. What a, what, um, and I never refer to somebody who has made their transition in the past tense because yes. I don't believe it's true. So Johnny is a wonderful, marvelous individual on her spiritual journey. I do have one interesting memory, and that is um, after she spoke the next morning, I was taking her to the airport, I believe, and this was in the 60s, and we stopped for breakfast somewhere. Now remember, put it back to the 1960s. So she and I were having breakfast, and boy, did we get the looks, you know? And I thought that was hilarious myself. But what a wonderful lady, and we've known her over the years. Um, she was is uh, a constant uh, point of inspiration to INTA congresses. I remember, I think it was the last one that she attended. I was sitting there at the banquet, and uh, and Johnny Johnny sent somebody in, in her group. She sent somebody to summon me to her table. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know that that was so typically her. And, yes. <laughs> yeah, and so we, we had a wonderful uh, conversation again. She's a dear, and I appreciate her being a part of my memory and my life. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I can remember um, her telling me about George Lamza and uh, being at Unity Village and how you know she was praying with him to find a successor. You know, he said he knew that he he needed to pass his life work on, and he hadn't found anybody to entrust the work in. To so uh, they they prayed to manifest Rocco Erico. So it was an interesting story. Uh, it, yeah. it just shows you how things work out in as you would say in divine order. Uh, so uh, thank you for sharing that because as you were talking about it, so you know what, you were there at the same time. Um, so. Let me just ask this question uh, before we get into a, a lot of the history. I always like to ask New Thought leaders this question. Uh, what does New Thought offer to the world? New Thought offers to the world a variety of things, obviously. One of the basic things that I think it offers, and that is an opportunity to rethink what I see to be the inalienable logic within how the universe is established and how it forms and how it interacts with us and our life. It helps us to see more and more that there is no happenstance, that there is no luck, no accident, no chance in anything that takes place in our world. But it goes further than that. It teaches us how to then interface with the tools that we have using thought and using imagery and 
uh, using uh, steadfastness and all the other kinds of words that we might come up with as we allow this new insight to be a transformative aspect of who and what we are within our life so that we can be that not only for our own good, but we can be that as an image for others should they care to see it and emulate. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Now, uh, before, I wanted to give people an opportunity to call in, so I want to make sure that I give the number out. I never know if people are calling in or not. They listen. They don't always call. But let me give this number, 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. If you want to call in and ask questions about New Thought, the Unity Movement, the International New Thought Alliance, or just some general question, call in, 888-558-6489. So, uh, go, I want to talk a little bit about the International New Thought Alliance because, um, yeah, you know, within the last few years, you've taken on the presidency. And um, I want to, t- if you could talk a little bit about the importance of the International New Thought Alliance. Sure, I, I, I definitely can. Um, and, if, uh, of course, let me preface and say it's from a prejudicial point of view. Absolutely. Uh, but that's what I have to do. Uh, so the INTA um, had its centennial uh, this last year, which meant 100 years of active, um, well, let's put it this way, active activity within uh, our within the world, because it is a worldwide um, international um, um, uh, association. Um, And the impact that we have is to offer to people a canopy, um, um, uh, an umbrella organization for groups, for individuals, for um, people who really think that they might be out there all alone and nobody thinks the way they think, uh, and to find an organization that thinks within the concept of life being consciousness and then goes further and explains that and all the other things that go along with that, it offers them a place to come. It offers them an opportunity to share, um, uh, if they care to, regionally, because we have groupings that we call regional presidents uh, within the uh, INTA and uh, to share within what they might put on, what they might give, what they might share. Um, I remember I remember Johnny was very active uh, in that and uh, and uh, definitely was a was a cooperative component in what she did within uh, her region. Uh, as well as within then the uh, the uh, the uh, the summer the summer congresses that we call them, uh, so we offer many things as far as something that just makes people feel that they belong somewhere, uh, and organizations throughout New Thought, you name them, they are represented, and we are. A group that is a blessing individually, and I think collectively, even unto the world. I would believe that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One of the things that I've been uh, having conversations with people about is the impact of new thought in the world in ways that sometimes we don't acknowledge. You know, for instance, it, I'm of the opinion that the majority of self-help books that have come out that has become its own movement 
has a lot of fundamental new thought material in it when you you know read Wayne Dyer and you read you know law of attraction books and you read you know many of the inspirational material they refer back to a lot of new thought language uh, some what sometimes taking the religious terminology out but the language is still there about consciousness about indwelling god i'm not saying the new thought is the only uh religious or philosophy that teaches it but when they're actually quoting Emmett Fox in their books and quoting Charles Fillmore and quoting Ernest Holmes and quoting U.S. Anderson and people like that, it lets you know that they're literally utilizing the New Thought material. Um, it's, it's rather interesting uh, how it actually shows up now in the Word of Faith movements of many of the uh, TV evangelists. And... Um, even on PBS or Oprah Super Soul Sunday, many people, as we're listening, we're hearing more about life as consciousness, about you know uh, your own innate spiritual wholeness, about the ability to transform your life by transforming and renewing your mind. So, I really believe that this is the conversation of the day, and I think that that we have really helped the shift in human consciousness toward this type of conversation. I don't think it's an accident. You know. But as 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 we're talking about this, um when is the summer congress? I thought you'd never ask. That's a joke. I know. <laughs> um we are um um the, the July twelfth through the sixteenth. Um, in the Embassy Suites Hotel, uh, North Scottsdale, uh, which is the Phoenix area. Um, and we've been at this location now for, for, for quite a few years. And, um, we, we have found that if we used to, um, and there's merit in what we used to do, and we may do it again. But there's merit in going into different areas of, of, our, of our membership for our summer congress because it sort of stirs things up a little bit and uh, in, in the most positive sense of the word. But the thing that we discovered, and that is not every area that really would like to have us, is prepared with enough people to do what needs to be done to service the congress um, uh, efficiently. So we 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 sort of have things set here in uh, uh, in North Scottsdale uh, at the Embassy Suites. They're used to us. We're used to them. We have a grouping of people within the Phoenix, generally Phoenix community, who are there and love to come and serve. And so it's a lot of less strain uh, on the. Um, uh, on the uh, on the INTA headquarters, which is in Mesa, Arizona, to have to pack up everything and go to who knows where, and then pack it up and come back again uh, to just drive across. So, yeah, it is it is this summer, uh, July twelfth through the sixteenth. Um, and why in the summertime in Arizona? That's sometimes what we're asked uh, because because the hotel rates they are so reasonable. And everything is air-conditioned. People joke, why would you come to Arizona in the summer? And our stock answer is, well, why not? You don't have to walk outside any more than you want to. Your car is air-conditioned, everything. So it's in the summer. 
and the rates are just excellent. I think this year they are, uh, as they have been now for a number of years, they're $89, $89 a night, and uh, that's pretty good for an embassy suites because you get your breakfast and you get your um, what they what they call the happy hour uh, uh, as as a part of the whole uh, package, and and it's a good thing. So that's when and that's where, and uh, everybody is certainly invited to come and participate. We have some good things taking place as we do every year, but good place good things taking place this summer as well. All right. Well, Larry, we're going to take our first break because we need to obviously go to the commercial. But when we come back from the first break, I'm going to talk about some of the people who have spoken at the Congress over the years just to give people an idea about some of the things that that we do because I'm obviously a part of INTA as well. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity Online Radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past, Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. 
the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're in the midst of Agents of Transformation with my guest, the Reverend Larry Swartz. Larry, as we're talking about um, the Congress, I start thinking about some of the people I've seen, you know, speak at the Congress and some of the subject matters. Um, You know, I can remember, you know, last year, for instance, um, Terry McBride, who has, in my opinion, the, the greatest healing testimony I've ever heard. I uh, had him on the show last year sometime, you know, talking about the healing process and, and you know, some, you know, ministers that are f- from around the the country who have spoken, you know, you know, some of the giants in the past, like the Johnny Coleman's and the Eric Butterworths and the, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the Joseph Murphy's and things of that nature. That's our tradition. And. You know, I, I you know I, I want you know just you know we can speak into just the tradition of the maybe not just the people who have spoken, but the subject matters that are uh, that we talk about. For instance, um, you know, you know, for instance, why is it necessary that New Thought focuses on at the Congress and in our churches on spiritual healing? Why is that so important, Larry? Well, because if you want anything else in your life. Uh, healed, so to speak, which means being brought back to the original state of its wholeness. Uh, you you were created healed um, in every which way uh, along the path, but somewhere along the path we allow our minds to ingest other kinds of um, uh, temporary cul-de-sacs in our thinking processes, and so we become sort of unhealed. And this can happen emotionally, it can happen physically, it can happen um, financially, it can happen in every which way within our life. And so when we talk about uh, spiritual healing, we're talking about bringing consciousness back into synchronization with who and what we truly are. And as we do that, the the momentum, uh, the impetus... Uh, is just overwhelming as it can transform and as it does then transform everything within our life to bring everything back into synchronization with what has been created in the first place as to who and what we are. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm a big believer in collective consciousness. One of the reasons why I like going to conferences, um, and I, you know, obviously being a, a UFBL minister, I'm always at Panorama of Truth, um, you know, you know, INTA, uh, you know, and other conferences, uh, New Thought and otherwise, is because I believe in collective consciousness. You know, I, I know that the power of God that we call in New Thought, the Christ within, is in every person is their true nature. But I also recognize that there are times when we need to get around like-minded people and that collective consciousness helps lift us especially as we're giving out and you know so many people are so giving that we don't take time to get around a collective consciousness so we can become we can get fed 
Uh, can you talk a little bit about that collective consciousness that happens when we come together with like-minded people? Oh, sure. Um, sure. There's an energy. There's a there's a collective as you as you referenced. Um, uh, when when our elder brother made the statement when he said, "And I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all all unto me." Uh, we have a lifting up consciousness experience uh, when we are together, where the two or three are gathered, where however that shakes out or translates. It just isn't the Congress, obviously, but it's wherever the two or three are gathered, then we have the opportunity there to stir around in the energy that is transformational, and it is amplified by just the very nature of what it is and the attention that we give to it. And that amplification then not only enhances its manifestation in and through us, but it has the ability, and we call it prayer, it has the ability to go into all quadrants of uh, focus that we would give to it to do its transformational work. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. To, to come together and recognizing now when we talk about the Congress, it's a stretch for some people. Uh, that's understood. Um, there's there's a registration fee, and uh, I'll tell you how to get to a website here in a moment when I'm asked. Uh, and there's a, uh, uh, give them the website now. <laughs> give it to them. Absolutely. Well, I I, I can do that, and uh, uh, the website is uh, www. NewThoughtAlliance.org. Yes, NewThoughtAlliance.org, right. And they can get the general information that they need to register or to get information. Everything is right there. So anyway, so now now we're together in a group, and I'm talking to people out there who might be listening. You, bless your heart, you have put yourself out a little bit to do this. uh, I can't imagine all of the putouts that sometimes take place in people's lives, but they do it because it's important. And the um, and the and the receiving of the blessing from that then is a marvelous thing that they take back with them into their lives, into your life, into your community as you make the effort to come. So, in, in my in my prejudice, it is so well worth. The effort that we might that we might give to it. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, life life is consciousness and unity and new thought and religious science and all of the groups um, teach how to apply the transformational activity of mind and choice and focus that allow then consciousness to do its thing once we feed into it the input of what we want to receive out the other end. Yes, absolutely. One of the things that I I think is really important for our movement is for people to recognize the importance of it um, in this newer generation. Um, You know, I'm not a, you know, I'm, on the younger scale of new thought ministers, but I'm not a puppy, quote unquote. And I think it's important for my generation and, the, and those younger than me to, to realize the legacy of what we're, we're responsible for re- t- 
taking, enhancing, and passing on to another generation, just as the some of the people we talked about earlier and, and you know, and offline, like the Eric Butterworths of, of the world, the Raymond Charles Barkers, the, you know, now the Johnny Coleman's, the Mary Tumpkins, et cetera. They've done work. You, you've done work and, it, and are doing work. And it's important for us to understand that this legacy is important. What we bring to the world matters. And it's, and this people need to come together to see and learn from the people who are doing it. Just one of the things that um, that I'm grateful for is the amount of amount of people like yourself and others who've actually taken time to seed into me. You know, but you but you have to be available to be taught. <laughs> and I think that that's really important. I'm sure there are people that if you look back now and say, wow, if it wasn't for this person taking time to teach me, to instruct me, to guide me, to mentor me, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And I think that's another reason why it's necessary to come together and be around leaders, to be around ministers and teachers and practitioners and even, you know, lay people who are doing the work, yet they might not ever be known by other reverend this and minister that but but without their work churches and movements don't work so you know could you talk a little bit about the 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 mentoring process that that must continue to happen in our movement yeah gosh uh, well one of one of the one of the great uh, uh, minds and names and hearts within within my life um, um, is James Dillard Freeman, um, which 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 is predominantly a unity person, and uh, that's 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 my background. So that's 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 predominantly where I am, um, as I yet understand so many of the Raymond Charles Barkers, et cetera, et cetera, who are there, who upon whose shoulders, so to speak, we all stand uh, in the New Thought movement. But Jim Jim Freeman. Um, it turned out to be just a real excellent friend and and has been to Tucson speaking uh, before his transition a number of times. But Jim, Jim saw um, sometimes when I was going through school, uh, as I look back now, uh, I wonder why I wasn't let let loose, you know, and say, nah, this isn't your this isn't your thing. Uh, but but he saw something. He, he he must have, and so uh, you know. I think of him, um, and I think of Sig Paulson, Unity Minister. Um, I I knew him. I knew him when I was in YOU days, when he was uh, uh, assistant minister or striving to be one up in the Seattle area, and then over the years, Sig was. Uh, always, always there, and always being available to uh, you know to uh, talk and what have you. Um, uh, and of course, of course, Johnny, uh, marvelous, marvelous person. Uh, um, and I, I, I look at the list of people who who are who are scheduled to be uh, this summer uh, speakers. Um, we have we have people. You mentioned you mentioned Terry McBride. Uh, uh, he's up the trail from us here in Tucson. He's up in the Phoenix area. So so Terry and we are are friends. 
and uh, he's he's been here and has spoken, uh, you know, quite a few times. Um, I think I've had, uh, Helen 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 Carey and um, and Arthur Chang uh, and and then Gregory. You know, bless his heart. Gregory is doing. I trust. That was a question. So, okay, what I don't Greg, know, huh? I don't know, so I, okay. I don't want to comment because I don't know. Okay, real good. Okay, well, um, so uh, w- wonderful people coming up uh, this summer that I think would be a blessing uh, for anyone who could possibly come to be a part of of it. And then, if I might add, Blaine Mays. Blaine Mays has been, and he is still the CEO of the International New Thought Alliance, um, and has been president of it for uh, longer than any other president has served. And if it hadn't been for for him and his experience, uh, then I don't think the uh, the organization would be anywhere what it is right now. But but this is a template. This is a template of an individual and dedication, and he 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 stands tall in that. And um, uh, like 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 many people, um, uh, what you see is what you get when you see Blaine. Uh, yes. He's always the same. It doesn't matter in what in what setting. And of course, he has a high profile this this summer within the INTA. And uh, uh, it's all it's all going to be good. And and if you ever get to be choose to be a member of the INTA, how are you supported? Well, you are supported with a quarterly new thought new thought publication that contains articles that are I'm going to call them leading edge new thought uh, uh, opportunities to reinstate the consciousness of who and what you are in God and who and what God is in you. Uh, you're offered uh, regional things that you can do and be. And all this information you can find online if you go to that point and uh, discover what's there for you. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. Well, let me speak a little bit to to, to Blaine Mays and, and his sister Mimi. Because, yeah. you know, They've been holding down the fort for many years, and I just wanted to just publicly acknowledge the great work that they've done. And I actually had an opportunity last year to go to his church campus, where he also has the headquarters of the INTA. And when I had an opportunity to walk into the archives of the INTA and actually, you know, you know, you know, they put you with, you had to put the gloves on, and you go into this temperature-controlled room. And to see all of these books, books that were written in the 19th century, that they are archiving and making sure our heritage, as far as our literature is concerned, uh, it, it, it was impactful to me. Matter of fact, so much that I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading first edition Emma Curtis Hopkins books and Mary Baker Eddy and things of that nature. Matter of fact, um, as I'm thinking about that now, it just dawned on me that I didn't send something that I was supposed to send down there because they wanted some uh, more material on Ryan Coleman. And I'm just going to make that note now to make sure that they get that material. Um, but it, but 
that's the importance of it. it we need to make sure that we are telling our own story and the archives and the uh, and the congress and more importantly to me because i'm i'm a person who likes people i'm a people person the relationships that are built when when you're in in, in this movement where, whether in ministry or not getting around and in, in, interacting with people and sitting down in a relaxed environment matters i've made more friends in in conferences uh then sometimes in my workspace because I'm so busy doing stuff. When I get an opportunity after everything is done and we're sitting around the hotel, we're laughing and joking, we're going to eat lunch, breakfast, or dinner, you get an opportunity to talk to people about their lives because you're not getting in a car and going home or getting in a car and going to the next thing. You're actually present. And I think that there's great value to that. Um, and, you know, and again, that's, you know, thanking Blaine and Mimi for the work that they've done. And one funny thing, uh, Larry, is every time I get around Blaine, I try to get a story out of him because, you know, he has tons of them. And without a doubt, someone will stop him right in the middle of a story. And <laughs> then I try to figure out where, where do I need to pick it up because you know, when he's in the space, people just don't let him walk from one place to a room or from one room to another without stopping him several times. <laughs> and I try to get these stories out of him. And, uh, you know, because I love to hear the stories of, uh, about how people learn and how, who they interacted with. Some of the people that I, I have their books, but I don't know them personally and have the, the privilege of meeting them. And he's always willing to share those stories. And I can never actually get a full story out of him because somebody always stops uh, him in the middle of talking to me. I need to work on my consciousness with that, Larry. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, what's funny with my mind, Galen, and that is, and that is Blaine. Blaine has some of the funniest stories around the skeletons in our closet. Yeah, yeah. He really yeah. does. They're just hilarious within the INTA as far as the people who represent the INTA are are. They, they might be clergy, so to speak, but they're just normal people. Yeah. And they have their lives, and they have the funny side of their lives. Yeah. And uh, he knows a lot about that. Um, uh, the archives, if I can just go there again briefly. Sure. That is, uh, when you walk into the room as or the area, they, um, it's, 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 a, it's a building all by itself. Right. But when you walk in there, there's a there's a consciousness there you feel something you feel the energy of i'm sure each and every person who has contributed and it is there in a marvelous sense there are other places that i have experienced that similar to that but not going there but the archives do that uh uh, everything everything is energy based and you cannot speak or you cannot write without that energy then being latent and being um, a part of everything that is maintained. And, 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 and there's an energy when you go into the room um, uh, in Mesa. And uh, the archives is a wonderful thing that we really do not want to see uh, take off in any other direction but something that is maintained and sustained. Yes, and for those who are listening and you want to support the archives, in other words, yes, it, you can donate and support the, the archives of the International Thought Alliance, 
the the heritage of our literature, you can go to that website, newthoughtalliance.org, and um, and support the the um, archives because it does matter. If you have material, old New Thought material, or archive tapes, cassettes, it doesn't make a difference that you think might be of benefit. You can contact. Um, the International New Thought Alliance. The phone number is four eight zero eight three zero two four six one four eight zero eight three zero two four six one or email them at info at newthoughtalliance dot org info at newthoughtalliance dot org or if specifically about the archives INTA archives at newthoughtalliance dot org INTA archives at newthoughtalliance.org because you might have some material that your grandmother had in the basement somewhere and not know how valuable it is. And for us, it might be something that we can't reproduce. And that matters. So let us be very mindful of that. It's, you know, I know some books out here that, fl- that, f- uh, float, that, that's fl- that are floating around. For instance, um, I love the book, You're Always Your Own Experience by Tom Johnson, but that's not a book you can really purchase now. And, uh, you know, it might be one or two copies on Amazon.com and the book, and it's a couple of hundred dollars, for instance. So that might just be in somebody's basement. And those are books we need in our archives. So just make sure that if, if you have questions about that, you have the information now. And you can always go back, listen to the podcast, and get the information as needed. You can get all this information by just going to newthoughtalliance.org. Anyway, so, Larry, as we're talking about just in general, we've talked about INTA, why it's important. We've talked about New Thought, why it's important. We've talked about the Congress and some of the things that you receive through the speakers, through the interaction, through the collective consciousness, through the archives, etc., one of the things, uh, what I really want to do for this last 10 minutes that we're on the, cl- on the call is kind of just take a, a, just a slight shift into uh, talking about my favorite subject, which I was not prepared to ask you about, but I've been led to ask you this, so I'm going to ask you about it. Um, the importance of, of how new thought and the unity movement, I would say in particular, views Jesus and the Bible. What are your thoughts on that? Um, We collectively uh, tend to view um, Jesus as elder brother, as way shower, as example rather than exception. Um, We see in the scripture that is often quoted um, that goes along with this uh, from the Gospel of John for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son etc etc that that was the best they could share at that point in time within their semantics but the the correct and and that's prejudicial um, the correct view of that the more correct view is that God extended the only idea of perfection in manifestation that God could ever hold into every life. And that is the only begotten son, add the word daughter, and that is at the heart of each and every person. 
you are that son, you are that daughter. And Jesus exemplified what it means to be that and to show that in what he did and what he as much of uh, as much of what he did and what he said as we possibly know. Unity does not look at the Bible from uh, from Genesis through the Revelation as the literal word of God. Uh, there are those who can explain that away and say, well, there's a new dispensation, etc., etc. And if that works for someone, that's that's great. But if the, if it's the literal word of God, then that which is changeless, a.k.a. God, source, energy, that which is changeless, changes. And that cannot be. Uh, right. So he views the Bible predominantly as a metaphysical document, as a roadmap to see what worked uh, some 2,000 years ago, because all ideas replicate themselves, cause, effect, and find out what worked and energize it and uh, and embrace it and stay away from what doesn't work and uh, watch that uh, a focus is not given more to that than to something that is positive within our lives. Yes, yes. I, I, I totally agree. One of the things that I always try to get across to people is when we're talking about Jesus in my classes at CUT is you don't have to demote Jesus to promote yourself sometimes people think that oh my god we're taking Jesus off of his lofty uh, uh, space you know uh, you know based upon you know some more fundamentalist orthodox brands of Christianity no Jesus is who Jesus is but you don't have to demote yourself you don't have to devalue yourself uh, I actually said the statement wrong you don't have to demote yourself to promote Jesus I said the statement wrong you don't have to demote yourself to promote Jesus. You can, you know, you can do, as he said, the works I do and even greater works if that's the consciousness that you're functioning from. So the difference between a Jesus and us is not origin. It's awareness. And getting that point across at times is interesting because of the race consciousness has impacted that so deeply into the minds of individuals, you know, you know, this Bible, you know, this, you know, Jesus, et cetera. Instead of looking at it as, uh, as you said earlier, being an elder brother, an example of way sure, not the exception. And, and also not being a, you know, basically an escape hatch from hell, which people tend to basically, utilize that concept of Jesus for forget what he taught everything is put on you know the cross experience and etc but we don't have to get deeply into that I just wanted you know just to have you know you you speak to that a little bit you know we only have about four minutes or so left so uh, I want to give you an opportunity to um, well two things one say whatever you want to say to close and the other thing is whatever you have going on at the unity of the unity of Tucson, separate and apart from INTA. Well, what I would like to comment on briefly, then, uh, then uh, uh, Galen is is a little uh, uh, addition to uh, to our concept of the elder brother uh, and way shower and example, and that is, uh, and this this really gets people's attention sometimes. But I think it is so important because it amplifies everything that we believe about him. 
and that is that he is not your savior. He is not your salvation. Uh, you do not need saving because you've never been lost. You are always an integral part of the one presence, one power. And this is not a vindictive universe. This is a universe of love. You don't have to be concerned about going somewhere that is going to be unpleasant. No matter what, you are held in the image, likeness of your God self, your good self. And uh, that you can trust that. It is a very trusting place to be and to be aware of and to cease fretting about other things that may have been told to you that uh, that just aren't true. Uh, they were told to you by the best of intentions, perhaps, but if it's fear-based, believe me, it is not true. It can't be in this universe. So, Gregory, uh, uh, I mean, uh, the Galen, excuse me, uh, I... Um, I um, um, I so appreciate the opportunity that you've given that you've given to us. Um, this is uh, this this year. In fact, this month, this very month, on the twenty third, uh, um, the date on my ordination certificate is fifty years old. Uh, on this very date of March twenty third, so uh, we're celebrating not only a little bit of that. We're not going whole wild on it, but. We're celebrating 60 years of incorporation of Unity of Tucson um, this the, this year. And uh, we're doing some things around that. We don't make a big, huge deal out of us, but uh, uh, it's hard to keep people away from doing what they want to do sometimes as they honor and bless. And I honor and bless you, Galen. Uh, you are a real uh, asset to the New Thought movement and uh, you're carrying on a heritage up up in up in your ministry. Uh, that is a wonderful, grand thing to do, and, and and I honor you for doing that, sir. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate, and make sure I haven't had a lot of interaction, but make sure you let your wife know that I said hello, and you know, and you know, I look forward obviously to seeing you all and continuing to work with you all through the years because I know we have work to do. Because we, the world is waiting for us to 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 present this message in in grander ways, and I'm I'm fired up to do it because I know that this message changed my life, and I know it changed yours. Fifty years in the ministry, God be the glory. That should be celebrated. Let them honor you in any way they need to honor you, because and your wife, because that is definitely dedicated work uh we at our 50th year at christ universal temple when the uh 50th year of the ministry it was actually the same was also reverend coleman's 50th year in ministry because she came right out it started like you did and we had the 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 woman who made the michael jordan statue at the united center in front of where michael jordan played the bulls where the chicago bulls played he made a bust of reverend coleman Oh, she made a bus, excuse me, of Reverend Coleman, and we surprised her. And on her, on the 50th anniversary, we actually um, presented to her a bust of herself. And and it, right now, it still sits in Christ Universal Temple. And every time I look at it, I just can remember how happy she was because she was a person who was a giver. She wasn't a taker, as you know. And uh, it made her so happy. So let them honor you in any way that they need to honor you and your wife because 50 years in the ministry is wonderful, dedicated service. And I honor you 
for your dedication and work. So thank you. And thank you. And I'm also thanking your wife for the lives you've transformed. Help transform. You don't transform, as you know, but help transform. So thank you. With that, Larry, we've run out of time. So uh, thank you again. We're going to um, be with you all next week with New Thought with the show. Thank you again, Larry. And for those who are following along with the show, make sure you get the book, How to Get Unexpected Income by John Wolcott Adams, because I'm starting to teach it next week. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Confucius said that to be wronged is nothing unless you continue to remember it. If we can let our past remain in the past, we are not compelled to endlessly reenact it. If we seek to understand the situations in the other person's life and put forth the effort to walk a mile in his shoes, we may be less quick to take offense at what may be directed toward us. Understand that forgiving does not mean excusing. But dwelling on past slights or offenses can never help us grow. Unforgiveness always diminishes us. An African proverb says, The one who forgives ends the quarrel. You can be a powerful agent for healing. Let go of old hurts. Let the past be the past. Forgive. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.